Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now commencing. This is the Rich Eisen Show with guest host Ryan Leaf. We're speaking with head Baylor football coach Dave Aranda. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. You know, football is a platform to show the world who you are as a person. Earlier on the show, host of the Fantasy Footballers podcast, Andy Holloway. Two-time Super Bowl champion, Max Starks. Coming up, Tampa Bay Times Bucks beat writer, Rick Stroud. Plus, Florida State head coach, Mike Norvell. And now, sitting in for Rich... It's Ryan Leaf. Welcome back, everybody, to the Rich Eisen Show. Ryan Leaf here, filling in for Rich, uh, alongside TJ Jefferson, hey, yo. Michael Del Tufo, and Chris Brockman. We <laughs> opened the show with this news. Um, Todd Bowles uh, talked earlier today about the Tom Brady situation, and uh, this is what he had to say. Yeah, Tom has been excused today. He will be taken anywhere. He'll be back sometime around after Tennessee. He's going to deal with some personal things. This is something we talked about before training camp started. We allotted this time because he wanted to get in and get chemistry with the guys and go through two weeks of training camp, knowing he wasn't going to play the first two games. Uh, He didn't want to take away reps from Blaine and uh, Kyle and as well as Griff as far as going into these next two games and it's something he needs to handle. We trust him. We talked about it. It was like it was scheduled way before training camp and he will not be here until after Tennessee. And there's no doubt. Obviously there's always gonna be doubt, but I have a pretty high level of confidence, yes. Huh. I, I, I hearing it in context now seems like he's pretty confident that yeah, this is yeah, this yeah. isn't isn't something that yeah the quotes in black and white made it look a little more eh, what's going to happen here but yeah yeah I mean he's like nothing's definite but I, I feel I feel pretty confident that he is so let's uh, let's talk about it a little more so let's bring in uh, Rick Stroud from the Tampa Bay Times uh, to talk all about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and what went down this morning welcome to the show Rick how you doing. Hey, Ryan. I'm doing well. How are you? Uh, good to talk to you. Um, uh, you've been around the team, of course. Uh, Tom has taken some time for some personal reasons a little earlier in camp. Uh, this is something that, that the team knew about, or at least seemingly is telling everybody that they knew about, and uh, uh, it, it seems like business as usual uh, after the after the little press conference today. 
Ryan, you're way more confident than I am in all of this oh. because, you know, I, I live in a world of the sky is falling. All I know is the, the last, I don't know, six months, somebody has retired or unretired about every 20 days or 40 days, it seems. So I don't know what to make of it. And, and the thing is, what's, what's unusual about it for me is they had a chance to get out in front of this, right? Um, you know, last week was his birthday. He's now missed three of the last six practices. Um, last week they told us, you know, they had a day off, then he didn't work his birthday. Then he was, you know, off for personal reasons after that. And they had every opportunity to say, look, he's going to be missing some time. He's going to practice a few days next week. Then he's going to be gone until after Tennessee. They didn't do that. You know, and I don't know why they didn't choose to do it. It seems like a natural time to let everybody know about this thing that had been planned before training camp. Um, all I know is, you know, I was real fond of his first retirement letter when he said that he only knows one way, uh, and that's to commit, you know, uh, 100%. And that, you know, uh, we know that, that Tom is, you know, one of the most committed guys. I mean, hell, he's played 23 years. You don't get to do that unless he's crazy committed to everything from his diet uh, to practice to film study and all of that. And now you have a situation this year where, you know, Take a couple weeks off. We'll see you, see you after Tennessee. So this doesn't – it just doesn't wash with what we're being told. But by the same token, um, you know, maybe this was – and I'm just – the speculation is going to be rampant, right? But maybe, maybe this is one of the conditions of him playing, right? He talked about work-life balance. He talked about how difficult it was. His kids are older. Um, certainly his, his wife has done the, you know, the, the large part of – parenting um you know he's got one son in new york with bridget moynihan that he sees not all the time so perhaps this is something that they had discussed uh at least for training camp but i'm i'm really i'm i'm as curious as probably you are right now uh we're speaking with rick stroud here on the mercedes-benz vans phone line um tampa bay times writer that was kind of going to be my next question i mean the speculation you're talking about rampant is is there is there any other or rumors flying around or, or things like that of, of what these personal reasons may be because to your point if it is in the contract or if it's something they did discuss you know why not divulge that stuff and let it, let people understand that this is going to be a common maybe experience and uh and part of what tom brady being the quarterback for the tampa bay buccaneers is this year well and that's that's what i don't know because if it is if it was something planned um now you know the word personal right is means means it's something you probably don't want to disclose um but if it was something that uh, they had agreed upon and, and they knew was gonna was gonna occur I, I again i don't know why you wouldn't get in front of it but there is that element of it's nobody's business you know and um i suppose that he and like everyone else is entitled to a certain amount of privacy and unfortunately it just invites more speculation right um you've got older parents uh, you've got uh, you know, a, a famous uh, wife and, you know, children that are getting older and have more needs, and, and you just don't know. And, of course, the tabloids are, are, have always been uh, on top of Brady and, and, and so forth. So I just think it leads to more speculation that's probably not all that healthy. But, um, again, that's that's the personal aspect of it. They They and Tom don't feel... Um, they need to share it. And I'll say this, you know, he keeps his circle pretty tight. They're extremely tight-lipped as well. If anybody knows, no one's sharing it. I mean, 
Uh, you don't see it in the media with those that are sort of Tom Brady's mouthpieces. Um, and so, you know, it's not something he's obviously prepared to share. So whether this is, again, you know, part of his decision and the way he's going to manage this year and coming back and part of the agreement to do so, I don't know. I just know, you know, like I said, he, he has always been um, the most committed quarterback who ever played, I think, whether it's film, study, practice, uh, you name it. Now, does he have to do as much after 23 years that, you know, someone in their first year has to do? Certainly not. He's got the cheat codes, you know, and, and he knows these players. They said he wanted to work a couple weeks with some of the new guys. They got Kyle Rudolph in here, Julio Jones. And listen, watching him throw, I think he could show up, you know, September 11th if we don't see him <laughs> until that day and, and possibly beat the Dallas Cowboys. I've never seen anything like it. Uh, you know, his arm's phenomenal. He's accurate as hell. He's got guys making plays all over the place for him. So maybe that, that he just knows this, but it's not been his M.O. in the past, and it, it certainly seems like there's something going on this year. Yeah, very interesting uh, news that broke this morning. Of course, he's the, you know, he's the biggest name in all of all of pro football. He has been for some yeah. time, so this was going to make waves. Um You've been there. Uh, you've been watching the joint practices between the Miami Dolphins and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And, you know, I think that uh, it, it might be a, a neat point of view from, from your side of things watching Tampa Bay, but also watching what, what Miami has brought to the table. It looks like they had some pretty good, su- good success against, against the uh, Bucs during, uh, during, tr- during the training camp and the practices here. Uh, what was your takeaway of Tua and Tyreek and kind of what the Miami Dolphins have brought to the table? Well, they had a really good day today, and again, um, you know, even in these joint practices and preseason games, as you know, Ryan, you're, you're not going to get real exotic, right? right. You're not going to uh, bring all your all your blitzes and, and um, coverages and, and disguises that you'll see if it were a regular season game. Now, that said, um, you know, you can play some cat coverage, right? You got this cat, you got that cat. Well, they got some cats over there now. I mean, this group of receivers that Miami has, with Tyreek Hill, uh, with Jalen Waddle, uh, Cedric Wills. I mean, these guys can absolutely fly. And, and you know, they, they can, in small spaces, they can make everybody miss. And, and so, you know, I thought Tua had a really good day. Look, um, you know, Mike McDaniel has, has a good system. He's getting the ball out of his hands quick. He's getting it to the playmakers quick. Uh, you know, really pressing the perimeter in, in different parts of the field, I think they're a problem. And, you know, there was, <laughs> there was a lot of talk, you know, of course, you know, with the tampering charges and things about, you know, Brady having discussions last December as late as that uh, about maybe coming to Miami even as a quarterback. Look, if he was there, they'd be a Super Bowl contender right now Yeah. Um, because they're that, they're that explosive. So, um, and I have a good tight end as well. I'm, I'm very impressed with Miami. I, 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 in the long term, I don't know how two is going to do. I mean, he's been there a number of years. I think this offense will help him. Um, but I think that, you know, obviously that's still one that, um, that has to be settled. But they're, they're, they're going to be a handful on offense, I think. We're speaking with Rick Stroud, uh, Tampa Bay Times writer, cover of the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, all right, let's – outside of Brady, right uh, – the Chris Godwin injury, how is he coming back from that? And uh, any other tidbits uh, uh, on the injury front for those out there wondering how the, the Bucks are making it through training camp? 
Yeah, well, I mean, look, Chris had his surgery on January 3rd. He's done everything he can. Uh, he's doing a lot of individual things. They're, they're kind of holding him out of teamwork, although he did some one-on-one uh, passing stuff. Um, you know, and that's that's a mental hurdle. That He's got a number of things he's got to do in terms of not just, you know, the physical part of it, but also, you know, cutting on that thing and, and being comfortable with guys around his feet again. And I just don't know how you simulate that. I don't expect him to play in the preseason, although it would certainly benefit him if he could be taken to the ground a couple times before they got to Dallas. Dallas is still a possibility. They're holding Mike Evans out. He has sort of this annual hamstring issues that he's had since his rookie year. Um, So they're being cautious with him. We saw Russell Gage go off with a hamstring the other day. Uh, So, And this is why... You know, they've, they've had injuries to the receiver position every year, especially late in the season. And I think the reason for signing Julio Jones was, you know, you don't want to have to try to go on the street and, and see who was available. I mean, they got by last year by bringing in Brashad Perriman, who had a walk-off, you know, touchdown against Buffalo. They, they activated Cyril Grayson, who's a track star from the practice squad, who had a walk-off touchdown against the Jets. I mean, Brady has done it with a lot of different guys, um, but I think, you know, the, the core four, if you will, are as good as any. And, and the, the goal will be to try to get them all through as many games as possible. But without Gronk, you're going to have to do it a different way because that's 50-something catches, 800 yards, and five touchdowns that you've got to replace. And they're not necessarily going to do it with Kyle Rudolph or Cam Braid or uh, Kate Otten or any of those guys at the tight end position right now. So I think you're going to see a little different approach uh, and again, it'll be, you know, they have depth there, but it'll be how many of those guys can stay healthy at one time. All right, let's uh, just venture over to the defensive side of the football, right? Um, a lot of guys come back. Ndamukong and Sue, who was a guy that played pretty much every snap for them, uh, um, not going to be at, at, in the defensive stalwart there. How's the defense looked? What uh, what things are you expecting from them, and where do they have to, to improve at uh, when they head into that Dallas matchup? Yeah, well, I mean, they lost two, you know, big names and, and leaders on their team with Sue and Jason Pierre-Paul, and neither one of those guys have signed anywhere yet. Um, both of them were were getting older. Uh, a lot, but both of them didn't practice a lot, quite frankly. Um, and I think the the goal in the off season, Ryan, was to get more athletic, uh, especially up front, and they did that by drafting Logan Hall. They did that, I think. Um, if he can stay healthy by bringing in Akeem Hicks to play next to Vita Vea. Um, you know, I think the other day somebody referred to them as like, a, a, you know, a rolling motorhome on wheels trying to stop them. And then you've got, um, you know, the young kid, uh, Joe Tryon-Sharinka, who was a rookie last year, is going to be settling in at the other outside linebacker spot opposite of Shaq Barrett. So they really like, you know, that, that group up front. Um, the two linebackers are back, obviously. Levante was hurt at the end of last year, said he was about 60% in the playoffs. He looks fine. And then I think where they've really made the, the improvements is adding some better in-depth in the secondary. They lost Jordan Whitehead, um, you know, but uh, you've been able to get Keanu Neal. Uh, you're able to get, uh, you know, uh, Logan Ryan and guys like that that can come in to add with Antoine Winfield. And, uh, you know, they got really good corners. So, uh, this might be the best secondary they've had. So so Todd can do a lot of things with all those safeties. They're going to be a pressure team. We know that. And I just think they're more athletic uh, and and younger, which isn't a bad way to go when you have a veteran team like, like they did last year. 
Most expectations have everybody looking at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as the team this year to uh, once again repeat as division champs. Uh, Carolina's kind of in disarray. Uh, Atlanta as well rebuilding. Bigger question is, what does New Orleans look like, right? You know, they've had, whatever for whatever reason, Tom Brady and the Buccaneers number during the regular season over the last two years. Uh, Sean Payton is out. Um, what are what are the expectations for this team? Is it is it is it uh, is division champions were most likely where they're hoping for to get back to? Yeah, I mean, I, I I think you said it. I mean, for whatever reason, there's really two teams in the NFC that that Tom Brady has struggled with in the regular season since he's been here, and that's New Orleans and the Rams. Yeah, um, he hasn't beaten either one in the regular season. They got him when it counted obviously in Drew Brees' last game to go on to the NFC Championship and then win the Super Bowl. Uh, so, so there's that. Uh, but, um, you know, without Sean Payton, uh, I, I, you know, him and Brees were such a constant with that franchise. Now, you know, we're well familiar with Jameis Winston. It's hard to believe he's going into his eighth season, and we're still talking about whether Jameis is going to make it or not. I think after eight seasons, you kind of know who he is. Um, but last year, I thought that Payton kind of played around him a little bit. Uh, he was still 14 touchdowns, what, three interceptions. There, he was 7-3 and three when he tore his ACL, ironically, or uh, sadly against the Tampa Bay Bucks. Now he's coming back uh, trying to play with an injury, with a knee brace. Uh, he gets Michael Thomas back. Their defense is what's given the Bucks the most trouble. I mean, they have sort of the, the recipe to get to Tom Brady and able to pressure um, Tom with their front four and play coverage behind it. They've got some athletic corners. Uh, and they just seem to, you know, really be a problem uh, for for Tom to to really get any kind of um, sort of continuity. And I think, you know, with Bowles being here, I think there's an understanding more so than when even Bruce was was sort of the, you know, the father of no risk it, no biscuit. That against some of these high powered teams or just teams that are, uh, you know, aggressive like that, you've got to be able to control the ball and the clock and help your defense. You can't put them out there with with too many three and outs. And that's sort of what's happened in, against New Orleans is they've, they've gotten off to slow starts and they've given the ball back to New Orleans too many times and found themselves behind. So, you know, somewhere in there is, is the recipe uh, to win. Uh, but you got to give credit to the Saints. And, and, and I think they're going to be challenging for, for the NFC South. Uh, that's who the Bucks will have to beat to win this division. And then if they're going to go you know, beyond that, they're going to have to beat the Rams down the road. And that's going to be really – something to watch because they play both those teams and those first four games i mean hell their first home game is the green bay packers after they start at dallas and at new orleans so uh they're gonna have to hit it pretty fast if they can get the quarterback back in here to start practicing you know right right that, that's the key right uh rick stroud everybody from the tampa bay times uh tampa bay buccaneers beats writer beat writer rick thanks for taking the time really appreciate the information good talking to you ryan take care all right rick stroud everybody um I mean, you heard Todd Bowles, then you heard Rick talk about it. To his point, like if this was if this was planned, this was part of it. I mean, why not, why not get out ahead of it? I don't know why they wouldn't have done it from the beginning of training camp and like, hey, look, Tom's forty five. Here's the timeline that he's going to participate and be around the team this year. But we obviously have every intention of him you know, starting week one. Right. It put a lot of this, does it, does it, does speculation it, to rest? Does it, um, isn't it dumbfounding sometimes in a, in a 
in a situation where you watch people fumble things about make you wonder they spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on PR and communication and it's I mean it's a huge part of it now there's always them trying to withhold information right that's that's key into doing some things but the NFL may be one of the most transparent when it comes to like on the field stuff right I mean fans are at these practices it's not like college coaches who shut the whole thing down and no one can see what your product is right you know you're gonna go play in a preseason in front of the whole world and and show them some of your stuff right right um it, it, it's it's dumbfounding sometimes to see them you know trip and fumble along with something like this. The only exam, the only um, reason I would suspect that that's the case is because this this wasn't planned. This this kind of was sprung on them, and yet they're trying to tell you that it was. Yeah, maybe they're doing a little backpedaling. I, mean, I, I don't know, know. TJ. I mean, they should have just hired Res Consulting. Like we could have figured this out. And we could to the figure bottom of this. everything out, you know? You know what I mean? Plus, we got Ryan Leaf now. He's an extension of RES Consulting, you know? So now we have someone who really understands the, the, the ins and outs and the operations of the game, man. I mean, in, this, in this moment, you got the, 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 most, the most scrutinized, most focused on, most microscopic quarterback or player in the NFL, oh, right? Yeah, yeah. And this news comes out today, and it's been planned. Yet it's just it's breaking news, right? So I I I don't I don't buy it. <laughs> you know I respect the hell out of Todd Bowles, but I, I mean I head coaches a lot of times when they're when they're sent up in front of these press conferences. Like I mean Kevin Stefanski in Cleveland, some of these press conferences, you, you just got to be like the dude's just saying what what Haslam's like telling him to mm-hmm. you know this is what this is the party line, this is where we're at, and you know the Glazer family's like hey general managers like. Todd, right? This is this just came up. Let's 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 pretend or let's make it make it look like this was a, a planned deal. Um, I, I I I don't really have an answer for you when he's going to be back. We believe it's going to be this time, but let's 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 just go with that. And now this is going to be a, a constant question asked him now every single day until Tom Brady ultimately comes back. <laughs> right, but he's not coming back for like another ten days. Right. And you could have been so far out in front of this, like beginning of training camp. Like, hey, just letting you know, like in between our our first and second preseason games, uh, Tom's Tom wasn't we weren't planning on playing Tom in those games. He's going to be out because of some personal personal things. This has been discussed. I mean, th- this would have been exhausted and talked out and allowed Tom to answer his own questions. Now everybody else is there left to answer these questions. When it doesn't even involve them, really. Yeah, it's it's a weird situation. Obviously, we we hope everything's fine. Maybe yes, it's of just course. like maybe it's like what Rick said. You know, Tom has been talking about work life balance for years now. So maybe it's just I got to take this time away. It's not really going to affect me from a football standpoint. Uh, I already my feel I feel good. My arm feels good. I've got a good rap sheet going with the guys, uh, and so let's just give the young kids some time. But uh, I mean, we're all speculating at this. Point. If he feels comfortable with the work he's gotten in, of course. I mean, also to his point around Ndamukong Soon and JPP, and having not signed with anybody else yet. You know, when these guys get a little bit older uh, and they know how to prepare their bodies and get ready for camp, right. you know... They don't need training camp. They'll, 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 they'll maybe take the time and get ready the way they end and not get brutally beat down in training camp. Yeah. 
so they can go and get brutally beat down in the 17-game season that's about to happen. Maybe both of those guys on the defensive side of the football are conveniently signed right before, uh, you know. Don't forget, they only played three preseason games. It's not a preseason game and then right into the season. It's a preseason game, a week, almost like a bye week, yeah, yeah. and then into the season. Right. So that's a change. So maybe that's the thing, you know. Maybe Tom's feeling that way, wants to spend more time. All of those things are there. And, it, and he is not... There's no necessity for him to tell us any of that, right? It's not. Nope. It's There's nothing. It's private. It's personal. I understand that. Well, I mean, I'd like to know. Of course you'd like to know. <laughs> As we've seen this become uh, two segments of our show now, everybody wants to know, right? Where is the greatest quarterback of all time, and is he going to be ready to go against the likes of the Dallas Cowboys, the New Orleans Saints, the Kansas City Chiefs, and the Green Bay Packers? Look, it would be weeks. awful, guys. It would be terrible if he had to miss week one. It just, it would really, <laughs> it would be such a shame. That, but but I want him to take as much time as uh-huh. he needs just to make cool, sure cool, mind, cool, body, cool. and soul. Take care of him. All right. right. Take care of you. And if you've got to miss week one, so be it. Come back <laughs> a week two. This takes a nice chunk out of the pie. It does. It takes a just large a chunk bit. out of the pie if Mr. Uh, Mr. Brady can't go, right? Settle down just a little bit. All right. All right. Staying in Florida. We're going to jump to the college football side of things. I had the pleasure of spending uh, three days down in Tallahassee a couple weeks ago with this uh, uh, with this team and Coach Mike Norvell from the Florida State Seminoles. Uh, he's going to join us next to talk about Florida State. I think the expectations that exist around that program, what it means, and where they're headed with the culture of the Florida State Seminoles program here on the Rich Eisen Show when we come back. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices make sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase. So all the guests is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for twenty dollars off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed passion drive and patience The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, Your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Welcome back, everybody, to the Rich Eisen Show. Uh, I'm Ryan Leaf, filling in for Rich 
Um, we're efforting uh, head football coach for the Florida State Seminoles, Mike Norvell, to join us here soon, uh, alongside T.J. Jefferson, Michael Del Tufo, Chris yes, Brockman. Uh, uh, we'll have a few. Um, we'll have a few opportunities to uh, uh, to talk about college football here on the show in the next couple of days before I get off. But this was uh, this was pretty cool for me. Um, you know, I, I've followed his career when he was in the Pac-12. Uh, to when he went to Memphis and, and developed such a leader there as a leader there in that team. And, and then when you have the opportunity, right, to go to a place that has so much legacy and history as the Florida State Seminoles, you jump at it. But with that comes expectation, right? A ton of it, especially with Bobby Bowden, the uh, history um, creating and, and breaking coach that took them to two national championships. Joining us now here on the Mercedes-Benz Vans phone line, the head coach for said Florida State Seminoles, Mr. Mike Norvell. Coach, how are we doing? Welcome to the show. Uh, doing well, Ryan. Appreciate you having me on. You bet. You bet. Um, telling the guys here, got got an opportunity to spend an early part of camp with your team, saw the culture you're creating, uh, the expectations that exist there, and how you're going about your business. How's camp been so far? Uh, how do you feel like uh, this team has responded to what you've been working on the last couple of years? I'm, I've been really pleased. Uh, to, to, we just finished up our 13th practice today, and you know our guys are, are working hard. I mean, they've been been great competition both sides of the ball. Um, you know, just everybody pushing to be the best version of them. And you know, we've got some great newcomers that have joined the program, uh, from transfers for, uh, to high school players that have a chance to make an early impact, and then just the development of the returning of the returning players. I mean, it, you talked about the culture and and you know what we're working to establish and what i love is that you're starting to see a, a player-led team uh, where players are coaching players and you're just an understanding of the expectation and uh you guys embracing the challenges that that always come with fall camp but uh you know i, I definitely am grateful that uh that you kicked off our fall camp with great word for our team and you know really appreciate you doing that but i've been but i've been really proud of our guys and how they've responded you know when you when you decide to take a job like this you've you of course fallen in the footsteps of legend and uh, you watched how things played out, um, but something like this is is, is an opportunity you got to you got to take. What has been the experience like? Uh, understanding that with struggles come a, a ton of scrutiny, but persevering and, and showcasing that to your to your young student athletes that you're coaching. Well, you know, it, it, being at Florida State is it is a special place, and you know, uh, the thing that I love is you you look back in in our in our history and. Um, you know, yes, there are great expectations for, for what we need to do on the field, and you know, we embrace those. We're excited about those. We're excited about what the future holds. But there's also an expectation of how it needs to be done, and you know, helping helping these guys, uh, you know, grow and develop in all aspects of of their life, and to see to see that those steps being, you know, you know being taken by our players and really that standard being held uh, by our staff, you know, it's given us an opportunity to respond. And, you know, we've had some, some challenging moments, you know, in the, in the last uh, couple of years, you know, um, you know, first year coming in, you know, with all the change and, and you really a lack of continuity, um, you know, and then having, having COVID and, you know, not really being able to, to have that full year together with that team. Um, but then, you know, going into this last year and, you know, we didn't start off the way we wanted, but you, you got to see a response. And you saw a response because of the belief that our players have, uh, you know, in, in what we're doing, the, the belief that they have in each other and the opportunity that's ahead. And I was really pleased to see that, you know, those steps that were taken last year, uh, you know, it wasn't a, it wasn't a, uh, 
a fairy tale. It didn't finish the way we wanted, and you know, still a lot of areas of growth. But I've seen those guys embrace embrace that process and just the way they've worked this off season. And we have a lot of confidence going into this year and, and with the opportunity that's ahead. So um, this is a, this is a neat story, and this is this speaks to your culture and, and just how you go about some things. So. Uh, sitting in um, coach's first initial meeting, he does something great with the team, right? He has them all uh, sit and write a handwritten letter to the most important person in their life who's helped them get to where they're at. And um, and I, I partook in it. I, I, I sat there and wrote a letter to Anna. The letter coach came yesterday. That's cool. And um, I, I was wondering when it was going to get there, but... Um, she, I, I come walking into her office and she was holding this letter, reading it because she thought it was Florida state assumed it was something for me, but it had her name on it. And, uh, the, the reception from something as simple as sitting down, uh, and writing a, a letter to them and telling them how important and how uh, supportive they've been to you speak to that a little bit and what you get your team to do. Cause I think it's an really incredible thing that I don't think a lot of people talk about. Well, you know, for us, it's, uh, you know, these players, you know, they, there's, they work so hard and they, 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 they pour so much into, you know, this opportunity and trying to be the best college football player that they can be. And, you know, I just want, I want our guys to, to also have that, you know, a humble mindset and a, and a, and a servant mindset and get to realize, you know, who helps you along in that journey. And there's, and the sacrifices of loved ones, the sacrifices of, that of people that have been on that journey with you and have seen the ups and seen the downs, uh, you know, it's just, um, you know, the, the opportunity to say thank you and show gratitude uh, for what's been given and then to, you know, to make sure that they know that each day that we're going to do all that we can to help, re- you know, represent the opportunity that's been given, uh, you know, with to the best of our ability. And, you know, I think, I think, you know, handwritten notes are, are almost a, uh, uh, you know, some uh, forgotten past forgotten, past, yeah. Within with within our country, and you know, I, I tell our players, you know, when you get an opportunity to send a letter and it gets to somebody in the mail, there's nothing like opening that letter. And actually, I don't, I don't, one of our offensive linemen, you know, uh, Caden Lyles, came up to me uh, a few days ago, and his mom had, had received the letter, and she called him crying, um, just because she appreciated it so much. And he said, "Coach, thank you so much." for for allowing me and and for having us do this. And, uh, you know, that's something that you know he felt the impact of just saying thank you to a loved one and that's something sometimes we get so caught up in what we're trying to do and where we're trying to go but you know to to, to have that humble spirit and to just to show gratitude to those that have helped impact us i think is something that's really important yeah it was incredible i appreciate uh uh you know it's something that wouldn't have maybe necessarily you know because i text with her all the time and it's you talked about that in terms of technology but the you know, kind of the personal aspect of it. And, and I can't tell you how much that made a difference in my life with my relationship with my wife, just for simply doing something that you want to help people with. So I just want to say thank you uh, for that as well. Um, moving towards the football aspect of things, I got a chance to sit in, in a meeting with the quarterbacks, uh, Jordan Travis, and, and really kind of in year two, uh, seems to have really taken a foothold of, uh, of a leadership position and a guy that understands what his role on on this football team is. Oh, absolutely, and I think he's had a phenomenal camp. Um, you know, he's had he's definitely playing the, to the best uh, that he's been since he's been here. You see the confidence, uh, the ownership, really the leadership, which you touched on. Um, you know, that's something that's that's coming very natural to him, and you know that it, his performance is speaking for itself. Uh, you know, as we've gone through this uh, th- this fall camp, and just so excited about uh, 
the player that he can be, the leader that he's become, and uh, you know, just you know the way that uh, that he's going to be able to guide this offense. The wide receiver position. I, I I grabbed you during practice and I looked at some of the guys, right? Micah Pittman from Oregon, Johnny Wilson from Arizona State, some some real studs and stars uh, in their ability to to run routes, catch the football and stuff like that. Kind of speak to how the, the, the wide receiver position has been buoyed and and, and really and those and I'm not even talking about some of the other guys that you have it on the perimeter, they're like six five and just freakish athletic. So you gotta be excited about what your passing game's gonna look like. We are, and that's something you know. There was, um, you know, we were able to add some some, some talented young men and, and playmakers. A couple that you mentioned, as well as like Deucepan, um that came in from uh, from Illinois. You know, six four, two hundred five pounds, can can really run. And then you see the development of guys that have been here, and you know, like Pokey Wilson, uh, Malik, uh, Malik McLean, you know, Kentron Poitier. Uh, you know, when you when you see those guys that are taking the, you know, the that type of steps and you know just the competition uh, that that shows up day in and day out is really pushing everybody to, to having to be their best and and to really uh, you know focus on that consistency and in the, in their playmaking and uh, you know I love I love the steps that I'm seeing uh, from that uh, from that position and it needs to show up big for us and you know I think we've been able to uh, you know attract some great players and and seeing the development really is encouraging. Uh, all right, you guys get an early start this year. That's why camp started so early, right? Duquesne on August 27th, right, right at the forefront of your mind. Uh, the team you got to go out and, and get better with uh, and, and play well. But then, you know, you get the test, right? I think we're going to find out a lot about uh, not only your team, but your staff and, and everybody when, when LSU and you take on each other in week two. Uh, you know, talk about the early game. You know, it's it's rare that a game is played in week zero. Uh, what 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 went into the decision making on that? And uh, do you like how you guys were one of the first teams out there getting ready for your season? I do, and you know, being able to play week zero, uh, you that know, put a, uh, an absolute sense of urgency to everything this summer. And you know, being able to kick off at Doe Campbell Stadium is, is something that's special for us for our team. Uh, really looking forward to, to to that opportunity and to go go out and uh, you know showcase the, the first opportunity uh, to, to, to the identity of this team and, and this group and you know then the next week you know you get the chance to play in a, in a national showcase game Sunday night only uh, only college football game on and you know definitely uh, you know we look forward to all the opportunities but we know that that's that's one of the you know wonderful things about being here at Florida State is you're going to get to play in those primetime uh, matchups and uh, you know our players are just excited for the opportunity to compete um, but it's definitely being able. It's great, definitely great to be able to start off uh, there at home in, in week zero. All right, uh, head coach for the Florida State Seminoles, Mike Norvell, uh, taking the time out of his schedule to join us today. Coach, thanks so much for not only uh, having me down and, and being part of the program with you, but uh, doing what you're doing. I think you're, you know, not only are you a hell of a, a football coach, but you know, this is what you want to hear from from the men who are are, are shaping young men's lives is, is to be the head coach that you are. So congratulations on that. Thanks for helping me along with this process and good luck. Well, I appreciate you, Ryan. And you guys have a great uh, rest of the day. Appreciate you having me on and go Knowles. Go Knowles. All right. Coach Mike Norvell for the Florida State Seminoles. Pretty cool story. I mean, it's pretty simple. Um, write a letter to somebody who is meaningful to you, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. And I walked in the house yesterday, and Anna was reading it. Was she crying? No, but she had just started, and like I could tell when she walked up to me to give me a hug afterwards. Yeah, that, I mean it. It meant something. That's dope. And so that uh, I owe a lot. I owe that to Mike Norvell, and just 
you know, I watched all the kids go through the process and, and, uh, you know, a lot of these kids probably have never written a letter. They probably didn't know how to do a form letter or how <laughs> yeah. to address a letter. Why would you? They don't teach them how to write in cursive anymore. Right. You know, and so they put up the instructions up there. They showed them how to do it. And I was watching the coaches and like administrative staff and stuff. And they were, they were collecting the letters and not really doing anything. And I was like, you know, I'm here, I'm immersing myself in the, in the team atmosphere. I'm going to do this, you know? And, uh, and I wrote Anna a, a letter. And what did you learn by doing that? I learned it's important to um, show somebody that they're seen. I think with technology and texts and things like that, it, that gets lost in showing somebody that they're seen, that they're um, that I know how important they are in my life. You know, the pedestal I was on for so long. Um, when I got knocked off, you know, there was a certain amount of people who 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 helped support me, and there was others that just disappeared. Right that pedestal is rising again, right? Simply because of the success I've had and the opportunity and the platforms I get. And I have to remember, like, who are the people that, that carried me? She is one of them, by all means. She's carried me. And so it's amazing to see something as simplistic as writing, you know, a paragraph on, on some yellow line right. paper and mailing it. And Mike Norvell, the head football coach for the Florida State Seminoles, He's the one that he brings that to his team. And and you heard the story he said about one of his offensive linemen in the letter that his mom got. So, cool. I mean, they are in a results-based business. Don't get it wrong. Don't get it twisted, right? If he wants to stay the head coach at Florida State University, he's got to win. Yep. Mm-hmm. But there is something to be said about these, these, these coaches that are in the lives of these young men uh, who are trying to be better, uh, not only as athletes, but as people, helping them along with that journey too. So... Uh, congratulations to Florida State. You got a great one at the helm there. Let's see what they can do. I, I mentioned the story to them when I was in the in the um, room speaking to them that day. The year before we went to the national championship, we went five and six. No one. We didn't make a bowl game. No one anticipated us. They thought we might be decent, uh, but no one expected us to do what they did, uh, to what we did. And I went into that meeting uh, with those guys and I told them that exact story. You guys went five and seven a year ago. We went five and six. We went to the national championship the year, the next year. Uh, so, you know, I, I love their optimism. I love their early schedule. Duquesne, LSU in that big matchup with a bye before they go to Louisville. So uh, Florida State fans, you know, be on the lookout for this team this year. All right. When we come back, we'll put a, a bow on this, this show today here on the Rich Eisen Show. I'm Ryan Leaf. Filling in for Rich. We'll be right back. Battle Creek, Michigan, 1963. Kellogg's and Post, sworn cereal rivals, race to create a pastry that will change the face of breakfast forever. A wildly imaginative tale of ambition, betrayal, and menacing milkmen, sweetened with artificial ingredients. Unfrosted stars Jerry Seinfeld in his directorial film debut. It features a supporting cast of comedy greats, including Melissa McCarthy, Jim Gaffigan, Hugh Grant, Amy Schumer, Max Greenfield, Christian Slater, Sarah Cooper, Bill Burr, and many more. Streaming right now on Netflix. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. 
For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome back, everybody, to the Rich Eisen Show. Ryan Leaf here filling in for Rich alongside TJ Jefferson, oh, Michael Del Tufo, Chris Brockman. Um, another great show. Uh, love, love the experience of being here on this show. Mike Hoskins in the back there helping us out. All the great talent bookers who have got us the amazing guests all week long that made this uh, incredibly seamless and and really educated us on a lot of things. Um, someone we had on yesterday, Mary Kay Cabot. Yeah, buddy. She came on and was talking about, of course, all things Cleveland Browns. Today, uh, she is reporting now that the Browns have uh, looked into and are considering acquiring Jimmy Garoppolo if Deshaun Watson's six-game suspension is extended, which... What is going on? Which means that Jimmy G is going to Cleveland because it's definitely getting increased. What is happening? So what was the whole Jacoby Brissett stuff? What's... Have they seen? Have they seen stuff in practice? They're like, oh, oh no. I don't know. And another thing, Cleveland. Why? Why? Why did you trade away Case Keenum? Yeah, right. I mean, that dude's played in an NFC Championship game, right? He he had one of the best years. Starting quarterback. And under what coach? Yeah, Stefanski. Kevin Stefanski. The OC or quarterbacks coach then? OC. Yes. I mean, come on, Cleveland. Is that it? That's just it? <laughs> Figure it out. Come on, Cleveland. Come on, Cleveland. Figure it out. This is for you. I don't know. I don't know. I Maybe because maybe I, maybe there's, I have a bias in this conversation. I like Baker Mayfield. So maybe I'm just maybe I'm just a little angry that he's no longer there anymore. Yeah, but he couldn't stay there, obviously. I, oh, I get it. I fully so. get it. I understand that. When somebody comes out after acquiring a guy who has 20-plus uh, sexual assault allegations that they want an adult in the room now. Yeah, but this makes a lot of sense, though. If they, it does. If they go and get Jimmy G. Well, we just did an exercise, right, around, you know, w- would you replace your, your quarterback with Jimmy G? Right. And, and if Deshaun Watson can't go, I would argue that in Cleveland, an upgrade would be Jimmy G over Jacoby Brissett, over Josh Rosen, over Joshua Dobbs. So what if it's 12 games, right? Watson gets 12 games. They go and they acquire Jimmy G for, well, I don't know, fifth-round pick, whatever it takes to get him. Or they just wait till he's released. And then Jimmy's like 8-4. and four. Are you going to let him ride out the rest of the season, or are you going to start Watson? That you have to start Watson, right, considering yes. what you're paying for him and what you gave up to get him. But, my God, it's just... Come on, Cleveland. Why, why can't they just do something? I, and right? I'm not yelling at Cleveland, Cleveland. No, no. I'm yelling at Cleveland... Browns organization. Yeah, the, the owner. And the- I think everybody's been has that this thought process. All right, uh, talking about other beefs, Jeez. we got another. There's another beef that's right. going on apparently. Um, Kyle Shanahan on the Murph and Mac podcast yesterday. Okay. Uh, spoke about a little bit of a beef he has with the NFL. Oh goodness. Around whether or not he should be allowed to pick out his hat. You got some audio there, Del Tufo. Here we go. Any new flat hats this year? Or Ooh, what? that's or right. Just sit, hat- sit back and wait. And yeah, watch. the hat game. I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for the red one to come back. I, I have such beef with them right now. Um, they, oh. yeah, they, 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 yeah. Okay. They, wait, wait, wait. What it's happened? It's a tough issue going oh, on. Oh, I didn't know. Okay. What, what yeah, happened? They won't let me pick out my own one. Oh. They won't let me wear uh, any one that's from a different year. So I can't wear like Ooh. an older one. I got to wear the new ones that, that they give this year and. I'm, unfortunately, there's none I like wearing. So, all right. Well, uh, ho- hopefully, we can figure it out. When you say, I got, or I'll wait till salute to service. I'm going to fire off a nasty letter to when, somebody. Now, are about you this. saying uh, is this the league? 
No, I mean it's it's just deals. I don't want to go too hard. I got you, man. Anything, but That's trust yeah. me, it's trust like a- me. I've, I'm upset about. It. Huh. <laughs> I, I I have I I have a bit of a story here, right? Rookie uh, second year uh, injured, missed the entire year. Yep. Uh, was out on the field uh, for the game. Uh, we were a Reebok team at the time. I was endorsed by Nike. I had the same color navy blue like turtleneck uh, long sleeve shirt, and I, I wore my Nike. I wore my Nike one out on the field for the game. Um, the NFL fined me ten thousand dollars. So Reebok made the whole league uniforms and all that yep. stuff, but because you were Nike, you're just like I'm like I'm, they pay me. I'm, is, I'm endorsed by Nike. You know, it's like me. the Michael Jordan thing at the Olympics, covering up you know the the Reebok thing. That is. <laughs> I can't remember if Nike paid the fine for me. I, I hope they did. I think. Oh they did. man, that would have been nice of them. I'm I'm sure they did. They they appreciated. It. Or maybe they were just like, yeah, Ryan, don't wear our stuff anymore. We'll keep paying the contract, but stop wearing our stuff. All right, <laughs> please, please. Um, Kyle Shanahan, right? A little, you know, a little mixing the mixing it up with the NFL around around what kind of hat he can wear on the sideline. You know, big hat guy. Big hat guy. Big hat guy. I'm a big hat guy. Also, that's why Bill Belichick kind of just like throws his nose and it's, you know snubs his nose at the what they make these guys wear. That's why he cuts off the sleeves and he looks like a homeless person half the time. Because it's dumb. Remember they like who wanted rich, to wear a suit? Was it Mike Nolan or we have we have some Rich Eisen show exclusive? We found out what the hat will be oh. for Kyle Shanahan this year. Here we go. <laughs> great! I can't believe the NFL approved that hat. That's great. <laughs> hey guys, thanks for uh, thanks for being here today. We'll be back tomorrow to finish up the week here on the Rich Eisen show. I'm Ryan Leaf from everybody here. Thank you so much, Rich. On vacation, love you.